Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Dave Florek is with us, veteran stage and film and television actor. My dad taught me about perseverance. You get tired, you get knocked down, you don't know if you can go on, take another step, and you're that much closer. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? I'm a better actor now than I was when I was 25 or 30. When I go into a room, I feel pretty darn confident. Part of that is experience, putting in the time, and people start to know who you are. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me, as always, is our co-host, Fred Keating. He's my good friend and hopefully yours by now. We are here in Hollywood, California, one of our favorite hangouts. Where are we hanging out? In the uh, tropical grounds surrounding the iconic Chateau Marmont, and uh, we're about a stone's throw away from the uh, legendary Sunset Boulevard. They are lovely surroundings. The sun has just gone down, but that's okay because we're joined by a good friend of mine. Dave Florek is with us. We were particularly interested in chatting with you because of your reputation and your experience as an actor and a director. But I'm also interested in the fact that as a director, you've sat on both sides of the table, so to speak, in the audition process as a performer looking for a job in front of directors, producers, what have you, and as a director looking to build a cast that you can work with as a director casting performers, what is it that you look for? The first thing is all the projects I've ever directed are plays that I love. It's the material. So when I see an actor come in and I can sense that they have a similar affection or respect for that material, that's a plus. I also want someone to be themselves. You can sometimes tell when someone's uh, pushing or giving you what they think you want to see, as opposed to just, give me your best shot. Just let me see Fred. That's what I look for, an honesty, a simplicity. What are the kinds of wrong steps to take in a Dave Florek audition? It's a good question, but it's, I'm not sure how to answer it, because I don't look for what not to do. I look for the positive. I mean, if you come in wearing clown shoes, that's not good. I'll tell you what, I, d I was directing a play that uh, Diana Douglas wrote, uh, that's uh, Kirk Douglas's first wife, you know, a couple of years ago, and uh, it was on about uh, Chopin and George Sand, and there were a number of good guys that came in for Chopin, and then this guy walked in, and without overdoing it, he had dressed a certain way, you know, he had like kind of a long coat and a scarf, and the audition, though, was authentic and genuine and simple, but he had a great look, and I wound up using that guy. Now, because he dressed that way, no. But that worked for me, especially in the aud audition process as a director. It's about the text. It's about the words. I mean, if you come in with jeans and a torn T-shirt, but it's a play about Wall Street, that's not going to work. You know, so you can give a suggestion of, but um, I'm really looking for, I'm looking for the inside of the person, for the heart. Beyond the role, what sort of personality attributes are you looking for in an actor? Somebody that comes in with confidence. Quite frankly, somebody that is uh, respectful and polite. It goes a long way. Somebody that's prepared. If I'm going to be spending the next four to five weeks rehearsing with this person, I want to try to make sure I like them. When someone comes in and they're professional, prepared, polite, respectful, and do their job. Tell us about the line between confidence, because you mentioned confidence, and 
ego. I don't know that there's a sentence you can say. Uh, somebody comes in with confidence, you, you're going to see it. You see it in sports, at least I think. I, I see it in athletics all the time. Somebody that's confident, and then somebody that's a, like a bat flipper or a, a bark at the pitcher when he runs around the bases after he hit a home run, that's cockiness, that's ego. You feel the confidence. You can, you hear it, you see it, you know what it is. But if somebody comes in there and, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of braggadocio going on and, and blah, 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 well, then I say, well... You know, I, I didn't. I, you're not. I didn't come here to see your one-man show. So let's let's just do the job. Look, actors have to have an ego. So that line between confidence and ego is a very fragile fiber. As you're auditioning people, then are you thinking about the the team dynamics? And rather than just looking at each individual as an individual, are you also thinking about how are these cats going to hurt? I am. I just directed four one acts that I put together here about a month ago. We did it at the Pico Playhouse. I mean, just a reading of it, a nice staged reading, and I think I'm going to be doing it in San Diego. So there were four different little casts in these four one acts. And as I was putting that together, I absolutely was going, okay, they can go here. This is going to work there. That's going to work, you know. And, and of course, it's like uh, doing a puzzle, and I got a great cast. So, yes, you absolutely think of the dynamics and the uh, energy, especially if you can get them to read together. Or See, in that particular thing, I handpicked everybody. I knew them all. I knew they could do the job, and I knew they could do the job together. If it is people you don't know, then it's great when you can pair people up because you, get, you immediately get a sense of how they feed off each other, too. When you direct a stage play, by the time you are in charge of casting, pretty much your choice becomes the choice, or do you have to run it by the producer or the board or the resident creative director of the theater that you're producing in? I've worked at a couple of theaters, one in... Um, Albuquerque and one in Austin. Great folks, they're dear friends, and I've worked there. But because it's out there and they, they have a cast, I show up and it's, it's already cast. So that's a different thing. Out here, I directed um, a play by Steve Metcalf called Tragedy of the Commons a couple of years ago. And they have a core group of actors, uh, a company, but I knew there were some folks I wanted. We uh, compromised. You know, I said, look, I, I know I want A, B, and C, and let's talk about D, E, and F. Turned out that I think there were nine in the cast. I got five of the people I wanted, and then four that were their first choices, but that were also very good, so don't get me wrong. But, you know, they didn't just say, Dave, pick whoever you want. But there were a core that I said, look, you guys, I, I really want this, because I know I can make this work, and they're going to make this play fly. So give me this, and, and we can negotiate the other ones. Yet when they are film or television auditions, there's a vast committee that we don't even see who all have uh, relative numbers of votes or relative weight in terms of the decisions. And often, no matter how the director would like a particular person to be cast, there's no guarantees until you show up on the day and they have to pay you because you've stepped on, you know, on the lot. And it works that way in the advertising world as well. That's a, a very notable thing. And, you know, I come from that world. When casting is being done for a television commercial, you're right, Fred, it's not only the people in the room who get the vote. It's people that the, the actors never get to see, never get to meet. That's right. I've done a fair number of commercials. The way I understand it, it's, I guess, the client, maybe you know better than I, gets the, the last word. Because um, they're paying the bills. <laughs> well, right. And, and they're behind a, you know, a one-way mirror when you walk in. And... Um, you can blow the director out of the water and uh, the writers um, and all that, but if the uh, you know the Audi people don't want you, 
you know, you, you, you came in second place and have a nice day. I guess at the end of the day, it's the people who are paying the bill who have the last say, but they need to balance that against what other members of the team, particularly the senior members of the team, want because they do need harmony. My real client, I felt, was the casting director. And that whether or not, because she was the gatekeeper, she was the one that my agent had to convince to bring me in. Mm -hmm. And if I made her look good by delivering a great performance, a great audition, whether or not I was cast, my chances of getting asked back by her rose because, let's face it, I, I'm sitting with 12 other guys. By the time they've made it to that level of audition, any one of us could do the job. You do your best, and then, as they say, leave it in the room, walk away, everything else is outside your control. That's right. That's great advice. And um, you're right about that, the, the gatekeeper line. That's what they are. Because I've been around a long time now, I know a fair number of uh, casting directors. And so, but even though I know them, I, I don't figure it's a done deal. You know what I mean? I walk in and I, I and I, it's as if I've, my first time. And I know that I, yes, I have to uh, make her or him look good, which is always good. Not, not so much whether you get the job, because they're going to send that off to the powers that be, and it's out of their hands, right? That, but the ne for the next show or the next episode, is she going to bring me back in? If I did a nice job, a good job, I was polite, respectful, all those things I said, of course. So yeah, you know, you, you want to try to, not only in theater or television or film, I, I believe in um, sort of the golden rule treating people the way you want to be treated. And it goes a long, long way. And I don't want to, you know, be blowing my own horn here. I really don't. But over the years, um, feedback I've gotten is that I'm, I'm a good guy and I'm easy to work with. I'm telling you, that goes a long way. You've attributed a lot of your success, Dave, to lessons learned in the home, in your family. And particularly, I'm thinking of how supportive your father was about other elements of character, not thinking about theater or acting or anything, but just in terms of, of the character of his boys, you and your, your brother Dan. Can you recount for us some examples where your dad was trying to make a point to you about a character trait that has come back to help you in a variety of ways, a variety of times? And it is important to learn who you are from when you're a kid. That's where you start learning the real lessons that are important. And uh, some of the things my dad taught me, I've carried with me my whole life and they have helped me. One of them is my dad taught me about perseverance. You get tired, you get knocked down, you don't know if you can go on, take another step. Take another step forward and you're that much closer. That's true and it's important. And I've done that many times because as much good fortune as I've had in this business, there have been times that was uh, not so great. And I thought, just take a step, you know. Perseverance. My dad gave me confidence. Back to grade school and then beyond, my, my dad said, there were a couple of things that happened, and he said, Dave, as long as you're respectful, you can stand up to the teacher. I mean, he said things like that. He said, you don't, you don't have to take that. And so, you know, he gave me confidence that has helped me a lot, a lot. The other thing about my dad was, um, because there's so much failure in theater and television and whatnot, it was a baseball game back in high school where I had a particularly bad game. Walking off the field, I looked like a, you know, dejected, like a whip dog, I think I said. And my dad said, um, did you play as hard as you can? Did you get it, give it everything you got? And I said, I did, Pop, I did. He says, then hold your head up, walk off proud. And I've always remembered that, too, because 
you know, you go into an audition, they say, thank you, don't let the door hit you in the, you know, on the way out. And, you know, do you walk out hanging your head or no? And I've told this to students that I teach and to myself. When I walk out of a room, even though you do have to leave it in there, I say to myself, did I do the best I could? I can say, I did what I wanted to do. Now it's up to them. But those are lessons that I learned as a young man, as a boy, that I've carried with me and uh, they help in every aspect of life, really. But when it comes right down to it, as you gentlemen have talked about, it doesn't really come down to something you did wrong when you're close to the role, when, when it comes down to the, the last two or three people, the casting director, the director, they're, they're making their final decisions or recommendations. It doesn't come down to you did something wrong at that point. No, it does not. Because like you say, when it gets down to the wire, they could at that point you know, throw a dart. Anyone could do it. That's very true. It can come down to silly things at that point, like let's pick the guy with the smaller ears. It's true. And I, and I just read for the Bates Motel that's up shooting in Vancouver there. And on the you know, name, agency, height. And I'm going, what? Really? If I'm, if I'm six feet, I'm out? Or do I have to be six four? What, what is it? I mean, and, I mean, that's something completely out of my control. Could be if the leading lady is five three. Well, that's right, because I read, what was that, Texas Walker, Texas Ranger or something like that? Right. And that guy is a pretty short guy, I guess. So if you were a certain height, you were out. That's when I'd say, why waste my time? But... You know, so many things are out of your out of your control. You just, um, I always just go in and give it my best shot. And if I do that, I walk out and uh, and I hear my dad's voice and I walk out proud. I say, you know, it's fine. I gave it my best shot. So, Dave, then your thoughts on the importance of just staying in the game? You get better. I'm a better actor now than I was when I was 25 or 30. When I go into a room, I feel pretty darn confident. Part of that is experience putting in the time and people start to know who you are so when you walk in you know they say dave good to see you again blah 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 i just saw you in such and such i say well thanks you know blah blah but yeah so staying in the game is very important very important that's why i stayed in the theater all this time you know i i didn't give it up when i came out here it was film and tv film and tv but i latched on to some theater groups because i knew i wanted to stay in that and keep working in that venue. And I've made a lot of good friends. I don't know about you, I put the directors on my resume with the, the roles, hoping that the director sitting behind the table said, well, if he was you know, good enough for, uh, for so-and-so, he's good enough for me. I do, I do. I've listed the directors because they're important. And um, you're right, it's just another thing that they can see. Huh, he worked with, uh, you know, Ivan Reitman. That's pretty good. So, you know, yeah, it does help. You've been a big help to our listeners. I encourage you to find Dave Florick on uh, IMDb, the International Movie Database, as well as uh, Wikipedia and a variety of other sources, really. When I, when I Googled you, I, I got a couple of pages. I got secrets. of I got a pile of paper here I'm not sharing with anybody yet. <laughs> well, it was my pleasure to sit down here and talk with you guys. I, I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.